so. I want to talk about the mystery of the Spirit today. And I really believe that this is the leading of the Holy Spirit because I was going to speak on something else and as a result of what was happening in the spirit realm, I have been redirected. <clears throat> I saw this vision, like an open vision, and I saw this back wall was full of writing. And I heard the Lord say, the writing is on the wall. And I was like, well, well what writing is on the wall, Lord? And I looked, and I could still see it. It looked like white writing, just like all over. And I was like, Lord, are those scriptures written on there? And he said, what's written on the wall is the story of the lives of the people that are represented here that he's bringing together for a holy purpose and a sacred time. I think the last time I was here, I preached on you being the habitation of the glory of God. Not as individuals, but as the body of Christ. That we are the habitation of God's glory. We are the house of God. And he is expressed more fully through all of us than he ever could be through one of us. Right? Think about that. Because there are individuals who... God has worked in and through to do amazing things in the world. But imagine a whole community of people. And, and I'm not saying this because uh, um, I, I'm a Bethel guy. But what's happening in Reading and the way that they've taken over the city and stewarded the convention center. and It's just remarkable when people come together and are willing to yield themselves to the Spirit of God and to one another, how, how amazing what God will do is. So I want to talk to you about the mystery. And I'm going to share a few testimonies of how this came about. And it's interesting to me because this revelation was birthed in me five years ago while I was preparing to come and preach here. <clears throat> and I was preparing a message and I heard the Holy Spirit say the words flow of the Spirit and it caught my attention I stopped what I was doing I put my stuff down and I was like what is that Lord and the next thing he said is step into the mystery and that came with this flood of revelation and understanding. And, and it really changed my life and pers perspective and my pursuit in Christ of what was important. During this personal journey that I was on, I started having these open visions and, and they never happened during like amazing times of worship or 
when I was studying and devoting the Word of God, they always happened where I least expected it in the least likely places, like the grocery store, or driving in my car stuck in a traffic jam. And some of the stuff's pretty far out, but I think that the Lord wants me to share it. So the first time it happened, I was in the grocery store, and I started, like, hearing all these voices, like conversation going on. Has anybody ever seen, like, I don't know if you guys watch TV, has anybody seen, like, the X-Men movies? Cerebro, he puts that thing on his head and he starts hearing the voices of all the, the people that he's connecting with. That's kind of what it was like. I could hear all these conversations. And next thing I know, I'm seeing in the spirit people that have gone before me who have passed on to glory. What do we call those? A cloud of witnesses. Right? Then I saw people that were alive. Particularly, and I don't know why it was these particular people. Uh, one of them was uh, my friend Bill from Florida. And another one was another gentleman named Bill. And a friend named Brian. And I'm holding multiple conversations in these visions with these people. And I would see angels and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, whoop. It would just stop and it'd be like, I like snapped back into myself. I'm trying to use earthly language to describe heavenly things here. Right? And so the next time it happened, now, and I need to clarify here. Sometimes these happen when I'm awake, and sometimes it would happen while I was asleep. I believe that we're coming to a place in Christ where, where, where the earthly realm, the spirit realm, and the dream realm, we won't at times be able to know the difference between them. If we're caught up in Christ, right? Right? I know this is far out. And I've got all kinds of scripture to support it. So praise God. You know the beautiful thing about the Bible is it's all there. So <clears throat> I, I, I'm on my way to church and I'm doing a training on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm stuck in a traffic jam. And again, I have one of these open visions. And I'm talking to people in the present, the past, and the future. Again, Bill was in there. My friend Brian was in there. It's like these, these same people were in there. And, um, and so I started texting my friends. I'm like, listen. Do you guys think that it's possible to be caught up in glory and communicate with someone else that's caught up in glory in another location in the world? I'm thinking this through. I'm like, this is starting to lightweight freak me out. Let me figure this out. Right? 
And so I text one of my friends from Florida, and he's like, oh, yeah, that happens to me like six times a day. I was like, you know that emoji with, like, the eyeballs that are bulging out? That's kind of probably what I look like in the car. And then the other person I text, and they didn't respond right away, and I'm teaching on the flow and the gifts of the, the empowerment and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And at that time, I didn't know you could do a voice recording in a text where you hit that little button, and then you, you click on it, and then it comes out loud. Do you know what I'm talking about? I didn't know you could do that at that time. And I'm teaching, and I see the text pop up, and I'm like, I have to know. And I click on the text, not knowing that it's going to speak out loud to the whole group. And it's my friend who now hails from, he now hails from Atlanta. But all he said was, it's so good, isn't it, bro? I was like, am I the last one to be on this ship? It's okay. You know why? Because the first will be last and the last will be first. Right? I'd rather be on the boat than eternally off. <laughs> so then I had this dream. I think this is important. And in the dream, I was in another world. And I knew I was in another world because of the architecture of the buildings and the way that the light vibrated off of the trees and the earth and everything that was there. And I thought to myself, I'm in another dimension. I know that's a, that's a scary word. We could say, I'm in another realm because that's more privy to our circles, right? Right? The, the realm of heaven. And I text my friend that said, oh, it's so good, isn't it? In the dream, and I said, dude, you gotta come here now. Like, I'm in this other world. He's like, I'll be there in a second. Whoop, all of a sudden he appeared in front of me. And I was like, where did you come from? And he goes, I was in Cambodia. I was like, what? And I knew that he was translated in the spirit in the dream. And I think he knew it too. I was like, what is happening to me? And I had this realization so many of you know my testimony because we're like family here. But before I was addicted to heroin and before I was saved, I was part of a national drug dealing team. And we had a laboratory and an abandoned nuclear missile silo in New Mexico. And there were 13 of us that were flying, and it was all psychotropic drugs. We practiced psychedelic shamanisms. We were young warlocks in training, and I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, I walked across the country multiple times. I was so hungry, for, even from the time I was a child, for this city whose maker was God. You know that the new Jerusalem, this heavenly city, it, it's not that it comes down. 
But it's somewhere in the air when we look within that we discover ourselves there. Can we pray real quick? Father, I just pray that a spirit of revelation and understanding would enlighten our hearts, including mine, Lord, that we would understand the reality of your kingdom in a way like we never have before. In Jesus' name, we're desperate. I'm desperate. I am desperate to let go of the longings of this world and this life and step into the fullness of the work that Jesus paid for me to be fulfilled. Yes. I just clearly heard the Holy Spirit say, Joel, you're so serious. Okay. And now I'm getting drunk. Just thought I'd give you like a play-by-play. So in this dream, I fall down on my knees with my friend and I begin weeping. So I told you all that stuff about my past for a reason. And, and, I, and I grab my friend by, by his hands and I was like, I am finally starting to discover everything that I've always looked for in all of the wrong places in Christ. And it was crazy. After that, we were like flying through the air and we'd go to these big stadiums where there were like these crazy like gathering of the vibes and we would be like taking authority over, we would be building altars unto the Lord and seeing altars to demons fall. And then I woke up and was like, that was the Lord. If you have a dream like that, you don't have to wake up wondering, was this God? It's God. Just let me tell you, it's the Lord. He is speaking to you. Every time you question, well, was that the Lord? It probably is. If it lines up with his word. In Galatians 5 and 22 particularly. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, perseverance, and self-control. There was a lot in there. So I wake up and I'm in my backyard and I'm typing the dream out. And all of a sudden I have this open vision and I see this angel come down from the sky it actually descended from the sky and walked in my backyard and another one came and sat at the other end of the table and, I'm, and, and guess what happened right at that moment? I get a text from my friend who was in the dream. And at this point, I like jumped up off my thing. I'm in my backyard going, what's happening to me, Lord? Are you kidding me? So I put in the text, I'm like, what were you doing last night? Where were you? <laughs> He's probably thinking, what is he talking about? I'm like, did you have a dream last night? Yes. 
I'm calling you right now. Where are you? I don't care where you are. I'm calling. So I called and he answered. And I told him what was going on. He goes, well, my dream was a little different. But we weren't sharing the same dream. But everything was becoming so surreal. And everything was lining up so clearly that I just assumed that he must have been in the same dream with me and aware of it. But he wasn't. And so we had this conversation about how we believed that this was happening to us because we were both in a similar place in our walk with the Lord. Right? Welcome to the mystery. Step into the mystery. And I'm going to read this psalm because I think it has activational power. 36, 8 through 10, it says, All may drink of the anointing from the abundance of your house. All may drink their fill from the delightful springs of Eden. To know you is to experience a flowing fountain, drinking in your life, springing up to satisfy. In your light we receive the light of revelation. In your light we receive the light of revelation. When we drink of the one spirit, and he is light, we are illuminated. And when we become illuminated by his spirit, we begin to see the light of revelation. What is revelation? The unveiling of something. What has been veiled? The kingdom. Right? Step into the mystery. So, this is, we're going to go for this. You're going to, this is so simple. You know what the mystery is? The redemption of mankind through the work of the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The redemption of mankind through the work of the cross and resurrection through Jesus Christ. How could that be? Because without that, everything remains hidden. Right? Without that, everything remains hidden. Ephesians 3, 7 through 9 says this, I have been made a messenger of this wonderful news by, by the grace gift that works through me, that even though I am the least significant of all holy believers, this grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of power came upon me. 2004, lightning hit me from the sky. It had nothing to do with me, some power or godliness that I possessed. God in his sovereignty chose to pluck me out of certain death and eternal destruction and give me mercy. And this grace gift was imparted when the manifestation of his power came upon me. Grace alone empowers me so that I can boldly preach this wonderful message to people, sharing with them the unfading, inexhaustible riches of Christ, which are beyond comprehension. Verse 9. 
My passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages past until now and kept a secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom that is revealed through his church. Think about that, full and diverse wisdom, God reaching down from heaven different facets of him coming down through each of you reaching the world that's in darkness and setting the flame of their heart on fire so that they can wake up and remember who they are, where they came from, and what they were created for. Think about that. All of us together. Man, can you see that? I'm so thankful that I can see it. The fullness of our inheritance in Christ begins to manifest when we step into or we yield to his Holy Spirit. Oh, shakaba. So sorry. I, well, I'm not really, but I say that sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I just say things and I'm like, oh, why do I say that? Or anybody who knows me knows that. I've gotten much better, though. Praise God. Smith Wigglesworth, in his book on manifesting the divine nature, this is a great quote. He said, you see, it is a mystery, but God purposed it before the foundations of the world. And if you yield, he will put in you a living faith, and you cannot get away from the power of it. When we are yielded to Christ, who he is, is expressed. What he sees becomes known. Right? If he's all-knowing, he's omniscient. If he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at the same time. Not just in the earth. But in every realm, he's everywhere at the same time. And if he's omnipotent, he's all-powerful. And if we are living in union with him... Right? And this is part of the mystery. All of who he is, is ours. It doesn't belong to us, but it's made available to us in him. We, get, we understand that it's not ours. It's his. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The excellence of the power that's inside of us is not our own, but it's God. Christ in us is the divine nature. It's our eternal being. Am I making sense? Praise God. 
when we drink of the Spirit, the mystery is revealed. Our friend Georgian Banoff is coming um, next month, and he always says this, the more you drink, the more you see. The more you drink, the more you see. You know, you don't drink with your head. Your mind might get a revelation of it, but it might not. Right? We drink with our spirit. What is the gate? Right? So the flesh is the veil. The heart is the door. And the blood of Jesus is the key. The flesh is the veil. Right? So you can't see through a veil. You can't see the other side if there's a veil. The flesh is the veil. The heart is the door. The blood of Jesus is the key that unlocks, well, unlocked the veil. This is so beautiful because, oh, Really excited right now. Jesus said, Don't go over here and over there. Don't run from this conference to that conference or this place to that. For the kingdom of heaven is within you. The heart is the door. Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Does that mean we don't go over here if he tells us? Absolutely not. He'll take us all over the world. Don't hear what I'm not saying. We don't have to go there to find him because he's everywhere at the same time. Think about that. We say, Jesus, come into the room or whatever, and he's already here. He's just waiting for us to lock eyes with him. How can somebody that's omnipresent, it, it's not that they're not, he's not present, but will we allow him to manifest himself? Will we just long for him to manifest himself? Will we desire him through worship and through personal pursuit and corporate celebration, praise and thankfulness and all those supernatural keys that we've been given that open doors in heaven? When we step into the mystery, so this is great. We don't always know the how and the why. Think about it. I'm driving around having these. I, I pray. I determined a long time ago that I was going to wake up early before my wife and kids and get into the word and worship for several hours before they get up to not take away time from my family. I told that to someone once and they're like, well, I'm not really religious, so I don't do things like that. I was like, oh, no, you don't understand. 
I don't do it to fulfill some duty that I'm afraid of being punished for or gaining more of God's love for. I do it because I have to find time with the one that I love. There's a big difference, right? Because he's going to love us 100% regardless of how many hours we pray or worship. He's already shown his devotion to us. But what is our expression of our devotion to him? When we step into the mystery, we don't always know the how and the why. Interesting, Bill Johnson was preaching a message a while back, and he said this at the beginning of the message. It really caught my attention. He said, I've never said this before. And he said, but if there was one thing I could go back to the beginning of my start of ministry and do differently, it would be this. He said, I would stop thinking I knew how everything was going to unfold before it did. He said, because out of all of the promises that God has given me that I've seen fulfilled, the way that I thought it would come never happened that way. Can you relate to that? Right? Well, it's in the Bible. John 3, 7 through 8. Do not marvel at what I say to you. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it goes. So is everyone born of the Spirit. Does that mean we lack personal responsibility? Absolutely not. But part of living a yielded life and a surrendered life is we go forth and we do things. I mean, all through Proverbs, it talks about doing work. Paul made hats. People call them tents, but they were actually hats, right? So he didn't have to take from the church. And do you think he was striving when he did that? No, I don't. You can be yielded to the Spirit, be responsible, but anything can change, just like my message at the last second. It takes faith and trust to walk in the mystery. And this is the last thing I'm going to share, because this is, the, this is the heart of it all, Right? Colossians 1, 26, 27. Hannah, can I have you come back up? Thank you. Praise God. I agree with that. She's amazing, isn't she? God is really moving in your life, and that is evident. Colossians 1, 26, 27, and 28, it says this. It says, there is a divine mystery a secret surprise that has been concealed from the world for generations. But now it is being revealed. Unfolded and manifested for every holy believer to experience. Living within you is Christ who floods you with the expectation of glory. 
the mystery of Christ embedded within us becomes a heavenly treasure chest of hope filled with the riches of glory for his people and God wants everyone to know it. Christ is our message. We preach to awaken hearts and bring every person into the full understanding of the truth. The New King James Version says it like this. The mystery of the ages is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did you know that all of creation is longing to see Christ formed in you? Right? All of creation is groaning for what? The manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God. That's you. The rocks are crying out in worship. Why? Because everything was made for him. In every scripture we read, every prophetic word, every movement of the Holy Spirit, worship is unique because it's geared towards adoring him. But all of these things that we do all point back to one thing. The one thing. That is Jesus. Right? That is who he is. Who he destined us to be. Let me rephrase that. Who he designed us to be. We, have, we, we all have different destinies. But our design in its centrality is the same. To be one with Christ. Why, why do you think angels inquire and hover around where salvation is taking place? They're, they're looking and they're watching. Why? They're magnificent beings. They're, they're, they're on assignment just like we are. But they don't have Jesus living within them. And so every time one of God's children comes back into the arms of the Father through Christ, angels want to see because they're like, oh look, he's being born in someone again. They're like, man, I, I can just imagine. I've got a few of them that are with me all the time. One of them's name is Breakthrough. I'm not going to tell you the other one's name. It's kind of funny, but it, it actually it actually means um, the spirit of comfort is with you. And that one came on assignment to me after my wife died. And I think breakthrough has been with me for a long time because I've, my life, I've been desperately in need of breakthrough. <laughs> think about it. Can we stand up together? Can we, can we actually have the worship team come up? Is that okay? You know, get this. If the mystery of the ages is Christ in us, right? And our heart is the door. There's a whole revelation behind our heart being the throne of the king. Right? 
we look within, we look in here to see out here. We look within to see the outward expression of the kingdom of heaven. That's why prayer is so powerful. That's why he says things like, be still and know that I am God. You know, it's interesting, like, just because we stomp harder or pray louder, that doesn't make the Holy Spirit come. But when the Holy Spirit comes, sometimes we stomp harder and we pray louder. We got to get our priorities in alignment. Because the greatest fruit that we'll ever experience in our personal lives and as a church will come from our personal intimacy with Christ that dwells within us. Now, I feel like if you're here and you feel like you've just been fighting, you're going uphill and you're in a losing battle, like you're striving, but you're not getting anywhere. One of those old cartoons, maybe you don't, but old cartoons where like the characters are like running in the mud, but they're not going anywhere. And they get worn out. And they get frustrated. If you feel like that, remember there's therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. But if you're there, I believe the Lord wants to set you free. You know, there is a quickening that comes through the power of His Spirit that has the power to untangle us from forces that we can't see that hold us back. So if that's you, if you feel like you're in this battle and you just can't get free, raise your hand. Why don't we come up here in the front? Oh.